Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lackadar Podcast. I'm glad you decided to tune in whenever you're listening to this. So, a lot of things to cover today. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for just everything you've done for us, God, and just please clear us out all distractions, God, and that you would just please help me to be able to speak these words, your words, effectively, God, and that I would say the right things and do what you would have me to do. And you would help the listeners, God, that they would just be and hear what you would have them to hear, God, and that whenever, God, this is going to be a hard thing to do, God, but that we would realize that it's something that needs to be done and said from you, God. And help it not to be my words, but yours. And just please help us to love you more every day. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so today is a little bit of a controversial word. And that word's three letters. You might know what it is. By me just saying it's three letters. It's sin. So, yesterday's sin. Don't don't skip this episode or turn this episode off. Because it's good, It's really important that we know what this is. Because I was talking to Mitchell. And you guys know Mitchell. Mitchell is a huge help with the podcast. We all love Mitchell. And it was weird because I had not talked to him about this. And then last night, so the night before I'm recording this, he said a word I should add to the series was sin. We had had no conversation about it. So that's how we know God wanted this episode. But Mitchell said something in there that is really true. We have become so numbed and dulled to that word that we just hear it and we don't really think a lot about it. So part of this will be the practical sense of the word sin, but parts of it will be what sin really is. So we'll start off with how we always do. My definition of sin, anything that goes against what God says. And when I when I read that, when I wrote it down, I was kind of proud of myself. I was like, yeah, that's right, that's right. But when I read it just then, and I, after I did all, because I do that first. It's kind of like in a paper, you know, when you have to write your thesis statement first. You know, that's kind of what I do with my definition. And all of these times, my definition has been so shallow compared to the rest of the definition, to the full definition. It's only part of the definition. And while, yes, that is a practical definition of the word sin, it's nothing like it really is. So, the biblical dictionary says, when it's used in the Old Testament, it's typically used to mean what is unacceptable to God. What is unacceptable to God? So, the quality of being unacceptable to God or something like that. And then in the New Testament, it means missing the mark lawlessness, or moral depravity. So all of those are really, really good. Really, really good. But, if we don't read what the Bible says about it, then we miss what it really, really, truly is. So, we're going to go to the very first sin. And actually, we're going to go to right before the very first sin. And it's the warning of the first sin. It's in Genesis 2, verse 17. 
It says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall die. Sorry, my watch messed up there. So sorry for that. My watch, my Apple watch just messed up there. Hopefully that did not distract anyone. But you know, things like that happen. So, sorry, but I'm taking this off right now and sitting it on my desk so we do not have any further distractions. Sorry about that. Anyway, what I was saying was, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, eat of it, you shall surely die. So that is the first thing we see when Jesus warned of death. Or when God warned of death. So, that's Genesis 17. Genesis, or Genesis 2, 17. Genesis 2 is 25 verses. And then Genesis 3 picks up. So, my point with that was, 12 verses later, they're about to sin. So, Genesis 3 says... Starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So, serpent comes in, says, hey, do this. God didn't really say it was wrong. And they do. And you know, it wasn't just Eve that did it. It wasn't. Adam was right there. If Adam had been being the man and the leader he was supposed to be, he would have said, no, Eve, you're not eating that. Neither am I. Serpent, go away. But he didn't do that. So we see two of those sins right there, Adam's and Eve's. Adam not being the leader he's supposed to be, and Eve actually eating the fruit. Because it wasn't like Adam was on the other side of the garden. He was right there. So we're up to two sins for Adam and Eve so far. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Three, hiding hiding from God. Because that's a sin. When we hide ourselves from God. And, sorry, I had to do something real fast. So... There's three right there. And then, but the Lord God called to the man and said to them, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Blaming it on someone else, says number four. Actually, two other people, his wife and then God. He said, that woman that you gave, so there's four four sins right there. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So she just passed blame to the serpent, so there's sin number five. And the rest of it, for time's sake, I'm not going to go and read that. 
It's God's punishment to the serpent, which I will read 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So I actually am going to read the rest of this. I skipped 14, and it just said that the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are all you above all livestock, and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat, and all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Then he turns to the woman. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all things. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed him. That's the first sacrifice we see as well, which is really cool. Because we see sacrifices made for sins. But that's the first one we see. So the very first sin had to be atoned for immediately. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Another cool thing. Us. The Trinity. And knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hands and also and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from where he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. So, what we see there is sin has punishment. Sin has punishment. The snake had to go on his stomach. Eve had to multiply her pain in childbirth. Adam had to um, work the ground with thistles. He was working the ground before, but it just was made harder. So, what we see there is that sin has consequences. And we've dulled it so much so to where it's like not even sin anymore we can't can't hardly even say the word sin anymore without making people uncomfortable but sin is sin and we've got to call it that and really when it gets down to it we've all sinned we'll get to that in a minute but we have become so numb to it I'm going to read a verse. I'm not going to go down the Roman road. I thought about doing that, but I thought, well, you know, we've heard that before. And yes, we have. It's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's not good. But this this is on the Roman road to salvation. And it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, yeah. Wages of sin is death. The reason for stuck, what you get in exchange for sin is death. That's what you get for sin. Death. 
And that's scary in a way. Because that's what we deserve. That's 110% what we deserve is death. But why don't we get that? Because of Jesus. Because he sent his son to die on the cross and raise from the dead. Like we talked about last week. That's the only, only, only reason we're sitting here today. Because this sin that we think is so small and so insignificant. Sorry, I had to find something in my Bible that I forgot to mark. But the, what we think is so insignificant causes death. Really, it causes death. And you might be saying, okay, that's cool. But what exactly is this sin? Well, it's the wages of death. Or sin is the wages of death. The wages of sin is death. But it's also, this is found in Romans 14, verse 23. Yeah, Romans 14, 23. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. You might be saying, okay, what in the world does that have to do? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to finish the verse. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So whatever does not come out of faith, whatever does not come out of faith to God, anything. Now, I'm not saying, I think it's whatever we do when we don't have faith. Because whenever we sin, it's essentially a lack of faith. And it's pride. Whenever we sin, it can be boiled down to pride. Whether we know it or we don't. Which I'll get to that in a minute as well. We are being prideful, saying, I know better than God. I know better than God. I know better than God. That's what sin is. It's looking God in the face, spitting in his eye, and saying, no, you're wrong. I'm right. I'm doing it my way. That's what sin is. Every single time we sin, we do that. So, right now I'm going to do a little something. And maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. There's a guy, maybe you know him, his name is Todd Friel. He does what's called Wretched Radio. And if you've never listened to Wretched Radio, I would highly, highly encourage Wretched Radio. It's really good. But anyway, part of Wretched Radio, every Wednesday, he has what's called Witness Wednesday. And he goes and he witnesses to people. And he does what's called the Good Person Test. And I know that necessarily that you're probably not sitting there saying that I'm not a sinner. But if someone stumbled upon this that doesn't know Jesus, then I don't want them to leave here saying, Oh, that didn't apply to me. I didn't do any of that stuff he talked about. So we're going to do what's called the good person test. It's something Todd does a lot on there. And I think it's really good. So we're going to do it. So we're, we're, it springs forth. From the Ten Commandments. So we're going to start in Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay. So. This is one thing he does a lot of times too. So I'll do this too. Give yourself a grade. For how well you think your life is. Like if your life was a test, what would you make on it? That's that's the question he asks sometimes because it's on a college campus and if he gets someone that's extremely intelligent, that's what he does. 
So you should have no other guides before me is the first question on this test. Have you ever done that? That's really one through three. You shall not make yourself a, a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So, and then three is you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Okay, so all three of those about are about worshiping God. So if you've ever put anything before God, made for you, haven't had an idol, maybe not even like Buddha, but anything, any material possession you've put in front of God, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's like OMG, or like saying O oh Lord or anything like that. Um. So if you've done that, and then, so right now, I know for myself, I'm failing this test. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So, working on the Sabbath, I know that's a little bit different thing for us now, but I think it's keeping the Sabbath holy, and remembering that that's God's day, every day is God's day, but keeping, keeping it in perspective. To be sure to go to church and worship God on that day. Of course, every day. But, okay, well, messed that one up too. Honor your father and mother. I've messed that one up too. You shall not murder. This is where it gets interesting. Because Jesus takes this and you shall not commit adultery, which are the next two. And he turns them and flips them on their heads. Because these are kind of the two... That you could hang your morality on. And say. Ha ha ha. I've never committed either one of those two. Well. Guess what. Jesus says. If you've ever hated. This is in Matthew 5. If you want to go check it out. He says. If you've ever hated someone. You've murdered them in your heart. Or. If you've ever. If you've ever lusted. Looked at a woman. Or if you are a woman. Looked at a man. With lust in your heart. You've committed adultery in your heart. Okay, well, broke those two. You shall not steal. And this isn't talking like stealing a car from Matt Grubbs. If you're not from South Mississippi or Columbia, Tylerton, Foxworth, wherever you're from, you don't know where Matt Grubbs is. It's not even called Matt Grubbs anymore. It's called Walt Massey, but it used to be called Matt Grubbs. It's a car dealership if you're not from around here where you would know that. Um... But, yeah. So, sorry, I got a little bit distracted trying to clarify what that was. But it does, stealing doesn't have to be that. It can be picking up a pencil in the hallway at school that wasn't yours. I'll, I'll admit, I've, I do that all the time because I never have pencils. And I'll see one on the ground and it doesn't look like it belongs to anybody, so I picked it up. I do that all the time. That's stealing. Stealing little coins you see. Todd Frill uses the example of stealing... Coins off your grandmother's dresser. We've all done that. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Meaning you shall not lie. Again. Done it. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Your male or his male servant or his female servant. Or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Don't covet. And if you're wondering what covet is. It's warning what someone else has or being jealous of them. So I don't know about you, but that was a 10-question test. I didn't get any of them right. 
And if I had to guess, I would say you didn't either. But there's good news. Jesus is the good news. But we cannot, under any circumstances, dull sin. And dull what sin is. Because sin is excruciatingly horrible. And we've dulled it to the point where we're like, oh yeah, told a lie. Or, oh yeah, I lusted. Yep, man, use the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, well, Jesus, Jesus hung on the cross for that. I'll say that again. Jesus hung on the cross for that. And that's big stuff. It's big stuff. So then, there's some. There's two words that kind of describe sin. It's a sin of commission or a sin of omission. Or yeah, I think yeah. So you might be saying, what's the difference in that? Well, I'm glad you asked because the sin of commission is doing what we shouldn't do. So when it says, "Thou shalt not" or "Do not do this," Ten Commandments would fall under sins of commission. It's those are the ones that we know when we're sinning and we're breaking the law. But omission. That's not doing what we should do or what we're told to do. Prime, prime example right here, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So not telling people the gospel is a sin because we were told to do it. We weren't asked. We were told. So when we break that, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And that's a sin of omission. And that's not a sin we want to admit that we do. Because we're sinners ourselves and we're not giving people the remedy to that. Because, and of course we'll never get to where we don't sin anymore. But we're not giving people the answer to why they're, not, to why they're going to die. Because of their sin. Because sin is... Sin, it's kind of ironic... The gospel, sharing the gospel helps deliver someone from their sin. And not sharing the gospel is a sin. So, but we don't want to consider it that. And then there's one that it could kind of be considered commission. But I think it's omission. Because it's a verse that's kind of stuck with me for a little while. It says, do, do all things without grumbling or disputing. So don't complain. It, says, it doesn't say don't complain. It says, do all things without. So it's telling you to do something. How often do we complain? We're like, oh yeah, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, I gotta do this again. That's great. Yep. That's what we do. Does that make it right? Absolutely not. But we're told not to do that. So then... I know I'm approaching the 24-minute mark or so, but this this is really important. And I thought about breaking it up into two episodes, but it needs to be said in one episode. And then when then, then there's this passage. It kind of has some omission and some commission. Um, it's the marks. My Bible calls it the marks of the true Christian. It's Romans 12, 9 through 21. Let love be genuine. So when you're not letting love be genuine. It's an omission. When uh, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, 
one of Matt Chandler, if you know Matt Chandler, this is one of his favorite things in the world right here. Outdo one another and showing honor. So all of that is omission. So when you don't do those things, you're committing a sin of omission. Do not be slothful in zeal. So that goes under commission. Be fervent, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. All of that would fall under omission. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. So that would fall under both. The bless those who persecute you. Omission. Do not curse them. Commission. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Omission. Do not be haughty, but associate with the law with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Okay, that goes under commission. Repay no one with evil. For don't repay no one with evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully peaceably with, with all. I love that. This is a little rabbit hole. As long as it depends on you. So as long as you're doing everything you can do, then you don't need to worry if someone hates your guts. But that's a different subject for a different day. Beloved, never avenge yourself. Commission. But leave it to the wrath of God. Omission. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Omission. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. That's all omission. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Commission. So we see a lot of sins there. And you might be saying, well, what's the difference? It's a scary thought that with the sins of commission, yeah, we know we're doing them wrong. But because there's 613 laws that tell us that, and we're going to get to that in a minute too. I'm trying to pick up the pace a little bit because I know this usually runs about 30, 35 minutes, but it's going to run a little bit longer today, which is okay. So the point in saying all of that is to say that omission and commission are a huge deal because we know commission's wrong, but omission, we're like, because we don't know it's wrong. And if you managed to live your whole entire life without committing a sin of commission, but unknowingly committed a sin of omission, like complained one time, no, granted, that's impossible, this is hypothetical, you'd still go to hell. And you say, well, you wouldn't know about it. Well, I'm glad you said that. Because this comes from Leviticus. And Leviticus full of laws. Leviticus 5.1 says, If anyone sins in that he hears a public adjuration to testify, and though he is a witness, whether he has seen it or come to know the matter, yet does not speak it, he shall bear his iniquity. So if he sees, if you see something and you don't report it as a sin, that's a sin. And then we get to Leviticus 5, that's still Leviticus 5, but we get a little bit further down in Leviticus 5 where it says this, 4 and 5. Or if anyone utters with his lips a rash oath to do evil or to do good, any sort of rash oath that, is, that people swear and is hidden from him, when he comes to know it and he realizes his guilt in any of these, when he, when he realizes his guilt in any of these and confesses the sin he has committed. Okay? 15 and 7. 15 says this. If anyone commits a breach of faith and sins unintentionally, in any of the holy things of the Lord, he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation a ram without a blemish out of the flock, valued in silver shekels 
silver shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary for a guilt offering. And then 17 and 18. Say this. Yes, I do. Sorry, I had to move my phone a little bit because I have this on my phone. If anyone sins in doing any of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not to be done, though he did not know it, then he realizes his guilt, he shall bear his iniquity. He shall bring to the priest a ram without blemish out of the flock or its equivalent for a guilt offering, and the priest shall make atonement for him for the mistake that he made unintentionally, and he shall be forgiven. So, I say all that to say, you cannot know you're sinning and still sin. Now, I know those of us that grew up in church, we know when we sin. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you know when you sin. But sometimes you can dull the Holy Spirit by doing it, by complaining. And then you feel bad when you complain the first time. But, I mean, if you don't know, because it's not a commandment, and nowhere does it say don't do it, it says, what, what exactly does it say again? It says, hold on, i got to get back to that. Do everything without, or do all things without. So it doesn't necessarily say don't do it, it just says do all things without it. So when we do it, we're still sinning. But we're doing it maybe unintentionally, maybe we're just so dulled to it. But when we, we commit these sins that we don't really know we're committing, because we haven't read them or because the Bible doesn't explicitly say it, then we're still responsible for those sins. Those people that didn't realize they sinned, they still had to sacrifice. So it's my fear that you're going to live your life not knowing you have these sins that you need to repent of. And you're going to go, if you're not born again, haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're going to go to hell for those sins that you might not even know you're committing. And if you are a Christian and you dulled the Holy Spirit, wake Him up. Ask Him, what am I doing? What kind of sins do I need to be cleansed and repented, repent of? And if you're that skeptic that you like to sit there and say, well, we're not under the Levitical law anymore. I planned for you. So, there's three types of Levitical laws. I guess this could kind of file under the fun fact of the week. There's three types of Levitical laws. There's the moral laws, the civil laws, and the custom slash ceremonial laws. I've heard them called both. Moral laws. That's your Ten Commandments. That's what... That's the only type of laws we still live under today, is the Ten Commandments. Moral behavior. Show how bad we are. That's what the Israelites would have thought of that. Show how bad we are. Alright, I found this article when studying for this that was really, really good and it broke these down. And it was, it was an amazing article. I'm going to even put it in the description below because I really enjoyed it and thought it was good. And you should check it out. The, and then civil law told the Israelites this, their position as a godly nation to other nations, and, yeah, the, the position as a godly nation to other nations. So their civil laws, their laws like we have, like stopping at a stop sign, would have been what separated them from other people. So, and like they have a law, we talked about it last week actually, with the, if two guys get in a fight and they punch the pregnant woman and the pregnant woman gives birth, yeah. Oh, that. That would have been one of their laws. And then we have, and so we're not under their laws because we're not Israel. So custom, and then we have custom and ceremonial laws. And this is, 
I'm sorry, I can't read my writing there. Regarding right standing with God. Procedures for God's goodness and man's sinfulness. So, sacrifices would have been something we don't have to do anymore because we're not under that law. Jesus came and fulfilled that part of the law. We don't have to sacrifice anymore. And then remembrance of God's work, which we still do need to do, remember God's work. But the same feast and festivals they did, we're not Jewish. We're not Israel. We don't have to do that. Circumcision would fall under this. And this would also, they had these ceremonial laws would have distinguished them as well as God's people by how they ate, no pork, no bottom feeders, things like that, and what they would have been able to wear. And then point to Jesus is another thing. And that's the that's through Sabbath, circumcision, Passover, and redemption of the firstborn. So civil and ceremonial, we're not Israel. We don't have to apply that. I mean, yeah, they're still good. We still, we still do need to be remembering what Jesus did for us. But... The reason this is so important is because sin is such a big deal. The reason this episode has been 33 minutes and 10 seconds so far is because of Jesus and how important He is and how bad sin is and how we've been so dull to it in the church. Because we can go a whole service without even mentioning the word sin. We have our Christian music songs that don't even mention sin. But that mentioned how God loves you. Yes, God does. But you don't love God back, obviously, or you wouldn't be spitting in his face. And that goes for me, too. And every time we do that, we're spitting in God's face. But he's saying, I still sent Jesus for you, and I still love you. And we spit in it again, and again, and again, and again. And we drive that nail into Jesus' wrist, and into his feet, and whip into his back. And a sore into his side. Every time we sin, just so we can have a little bit of fun. Fun in quotes. But sin ain't fun. It might be here on earth. But if you're a believer and you sin, and you do it like you just like no, like I'm saying, there are sins that we do that we don't even realize we do. We have to ask for repentance of those. Because we're still we still did them. It's like if you don't see a stop sign and you run through it and the cop sees you, you're still going to get a ticket for that even if you tell them you didn't see it. Because it was there. But, it's so important because we could think that we don't sin and we do sin. But Jesus made the way for us. And that doesn't give us the right to keep sinning by any stretch of the imagination. By any stretch of the imagination. But that gives us the right to know where we came from. And the call to action for this, if you want to go there, is that if you are living the right life, if you are close to God, then remember and thank Him for that time. If you were close to God, but a sin came in your life, repent of that sin. And if you're not saved at all, realize that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead and He wants to be your Lord and He can wipe the slate clean. And yes, you'll sin again. You keep screwing it up. I've screwed it up today and every other day in my life. And I'll do it before this podcast comes out on Tuesday. And this is only Sunday. I'll do it Monday. I'll do it again today. But, and so will you. Does that give us an excuse? Absolutely not. But we do it anyway. So, we have to, have to, have to repent of our sin and turn to Jesus. That's the only way we're going to live even a semi 
good life. And we, we can't be good without Jesus. But we can sure try. Because sin ends up not being fun. It ends up being death. And that's an important thing. So, every time you sin, just think that that's why Jesus held on the cross. And it goes for me too. And if we really did that, I think we wouldn't sin as much. But of course, Satan does do what he did in the garden. Oh, that's not really a sin. Rationalization. That's another thing we didn't talk about. That's a different subject for a different day. Don't rationalize. Don't say it's not that bad. Or did God really say that? Because chances are, if you're having to ask yourself, is it really that bad? It is that bad. And if you're having to ask yourself, did God really say that? God probably said it in some way. So, just remember that. And I don't think I have anything else to say, but just draw near to God. And try to live a life without sin. And the only way you can do that is with Him. So, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I thank You for this day. And I thank You for just everything You've done for us, God. For delivering us from that sin. Or if we haven't been delivered from that sin, being willing to deliver us from that sin. And help us to realize that, God. Help us to repent and turn to you daily, God. Thank you for hanging on that cross for our sin. And help us to always realize that, God. And just please help us to be the men and the women we've been called to be. And, God, it's in your name I pray. Forgive us for our sins. Help us to love you more every day. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Church, gather around, cause we got us a problem There's a lot of inspiration floating around these days Words that paint a pretty picture But you won't find them in the scripture That's because they're all from the book of Second Opinions They'll say, follow your heart wherever it leads you. Just let that little voice inside you show the way. I guess the million dollar question is that your heart or indigestion. Cause the heart's been known to lead a fool astray. It ain't hard to get hooked on the book of second opinions. We'd rather live our own truth Don't tell us what to do Just what we want to hear But it's high time we turned our interest To God's Word instead of Pinterest And finally close the book of Second Opinion We'll say everything happens for a reason just to give our foolish ways a clever spin And I've heard it said the Lord won't give you anything you can't handle But 
The truth is we can't handle anything without Him It ain't hard to get hooked on the book of second opinions We'd rather live our own truth, don't tell us what to do, just what we want to hear It's high time we turned our interest to God's Word instead of Pinterest And finally close the book of second opinions Say I don't have to change Cause it's just the way I am I got all the proof I need Right here in my Enneagram I can tell myself it's always been about me So give myself a love and positivity But all the good vibes in the world Will never make a dead heart Well, the world might tell you all roads lead to heaven Well, to that there's just one thing I'd like to say There's one throne and I'm not on it A solid rock and I stand upon it And Jesus is the truth, the life, the way It ain't hard to get hooked on the book of second opinions Rather live our own truth Don't tell us what to do Just what we want to hear It's high time we turned our interest To God's word instead of Pinterest And finally close the book of second opinion It's high time we turned our interest To God's word instead of Pinterest And finally close the book of second opinions I hope you enjoyed that little song. Now, that is from Casting Crown's new album. So, it's a really good song. Second Opinion. The Book of Second Opinions. Is that not just... Was that not just an epic song? The Book of Second Opinions. Things we think are in the scriptures but are not. I'll probably be doing that periodically throughout the next couple of weeks. Entering a song from that latest album. Because that's a really good album. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. But let's remember to keep God first and not get caught up, get hooked on the book of second opinions. Because it's easy to, it's easy to do, get caught in that book. Because we want to feel good and we want, we, is that feeling our heart or indigestion? You know, because the heart's deceitful. So let's remember not to get hooked on the book of second opinions, but to know what's in the real book of the Bible. And keep that first. So, we have some really, really exciting things coming up for Lycanar. 
that I'm super excited about, and I know you will be too, we have new shirts available. They're on my personal Instagram, my personal Facebook, and the podcast Instagram for pictures of them. We don't have them in yet. We just have the design of them. Sunday Cool is doing them. They've done our shirts and our pop sockets, so they are really loving Lacadon. Whether whether or not they know they are or not, the Lacadon loves them as well. And if you haven't done it, check out some cool Carl videos on um, YouTube. I'm not getting paid to say that by Sunday Cool. I really, I'm paying Sunday Cool to say that, I guess, because I'm paying for the shirts. But oh no, I'm not paying them to say that. But it's Really good videos, really funny stuff. Cool Carl. Look it up on YouTube. So, we still have some of the old shirts if you're way behind the bandwagon. About a year behind schedule and you want one of those shirts, go ahead. We don't have any large. But, yeah, go ahead. So, I'm going to, if you want a new shirt, I'm going to need your $20 per shirt for... I need. I got to give the money to them by February 25th, which means I have to have the money to me by February 23rd. Money and sizes. So please let me know if you would like one of those. We still have bracelets, pop sockets, and bumper stickers left. Again, those are no charge to you, but the t-shirts are because they cost a lot more money to make than bumper stickers, pop sockets, and bracelets. Um, yeah. So like I said, there's some exciting, exciting things coming up that I cannot wait for you guys to sink your teeth into. I'm so excited about it, and I'm going to stop talking about it until it becomes a surprise for you. But we've got February, this is February, when you'll be hearing this, February's testimony episode coming up. Or not coming up, I guess it'll be the last Tuesday of the month. And yeah, just the regular weeks, you'll be hearing a little bit of the Casting Crowns album and Closing Thoughts periodically. So, yeah. I love you guys. And a new thing I want to start saying, this is a Mark Hall quote from Casting Crowns. It's actually turned in as my senior quote for this year. Because I, I thought about it Wednesday because he says it at his concerts. Or Casting Crowns concerts. I thought about it Wednesday. And it's something I want to start closing the podcast with, along with the I love you guys. He, say, he says, you are not the point. You are here to point to the point. And, of course, the point that you're to point to is Jesus. So I want to end every episode by saying I love you guys. Go point to the point. So I hope you guys have a great week. I love you guys. Go point to the point. Goodbye.